This is the G Podcast with your host, Tommy B. Hey, what's up, y'all? Welcome to episode 192, the bonus episode with Officer Ron, y'all. Yes. I'm just going to jump right into it. Officer Ronnie Wyatt, thank you so much, man, for taking some time today. You know, I know you are still active and busy, so we appreciate the time that you give us. And uh, just just a quick note of, of how... Um, this came about, um, you know, I, I say certain things on the podcast, uh, some things I should say and, and maybe a few things I shouldn't say. But I, 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 I've been really uh, making conversation or making some uh, comments about the Fulton County Jail. And uh, you reached out to me and, and basically uh, said that uh, you had some thoughts. We had a great conversation you know, off mic. And, uh, and I invited you on, man, because some of the things you were saying were some of the things that we don't often hear when we depend on the press and media, when it comes down to what's going on. But a a little bit about you, uh, again, Ron Wyatt, uh, began his career Fulton County Sheriff's department back in 1986. Uh, he served and supervised in just about all the divisions, uh, within that office, uh, rose up to the, uh, ranks of Lieutenant, before he retired 24, 24 years of service, uh, continued his career at College Park with College Park Police. And for those of you who don't know, that's south of Atlanta near the airport. Uh, Officer Ron is a certified instructor, grant writer, administrator, uh, served on the jail accreditation team as the training coordinator. So he knows his stuff. He knows what's going on. And, and kudos to you. Let me give you your applause for this, man, as of uh, this December. 37 years in law enforcement. It's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. How you doing, yeah. Officer Ron? I'm all right. You, you can see those 37 years in the gray hair. <laughs> hey, man. I'm hiding it. I'm hiding it. I'm not using, I'm not using the Rudy Giuliani hide. Right, but, right. Know, not yet. Right. Not yet. Not right. yet. Uh, but, but, man, let's get right into it. Um, Fulton County Jail. And, and this is from various sources. I just want to, you know, frame this. You know, 10 inmates have died in 2023. You know, as of this taping, uh, in in the last six weeks, we had we've had six deaths uh, since September 2022. And correct me if I'm wrong, 16 have died uh, while you know in, in being detained. And of course, as you know, the facility was built back in 1989. It was intended to house what 1125. It expanded. I think, yeah, was I, think it about, was, I think it was uh, 1925. 1925. And then they expanded it to like 2,500 or something like that. Yeah, yeah, it went from that to 25, about tw- a little bit over 2,500. Right. So it was it was crowded just about day one yes, when it, it opened. Was, it, it was overcrowded the moment we moved into it. Wow. And uh, it was reported earlier in this year that they had actually hit a capacity of about 3,200 at one point, and many <clears> were sleeping <throat> in hallways and makeshift beds and. Um, as you know, the gruesome death of LaShawn Thompson, who was a uh, men- mentally handicapped man, uh, left to die among bugs, lice, bed bugs, black mold. Um, they recently settled with the family for about $4 million. You know, I could go on and on. There, there are a lot of stories, a lot of things that have happened within the last few weeks. And I want to ask you this question, and, and let's just start with this, and you go as deep as you feel you can go with this. Is the is the problem with Fulton County Jail simply an issue of overcrowding and infrastructure? 
because that's what we've been told. And, and you know, even to the point where the sheriff <clears throat> has rolled out with all the shanks that were built with the crumbling infrastructure um, and, you know, the, the pleas for a new facility that continues to it seems to fall on deaf ears when it comes down to the county. But is that the case? Is it simply overcrowding and infrastructure? Well, <clears throat> I will say that that overcrowding and infrastructure definitely plays a role. But you have to go back to something even deeper. And, and first, and, and let's start off by uh, giving kudos to the men and women that are currently working in the jail, mm-hmm. because even as bad as it is, it is amazing that that small number of people are holding it together to, to the point that it is being held together right now. Um, you know, as, as a watchman in the jail, you, you comfortably needed about 72 people just to deal with housing. And what the average citizen is not aware, a jail is a, is a mini city. You have, um, areas that that handle food service you have uh, areas that handle medical you have areas that handle maintenance areas that handle um uh, mail and so on and so on so so there it takes a lot of staff much past that 72 uh to adequately run the jail in addition to that you have your booking and intake and reception areas that also have staffing and when you know, at the height of COVID, most agencies were down as much as 30% in staffing, primarily because many of the agencies or the, the governments decided pay increases was not a big deal for any of their uh, employees. Hmm. And so as a result, when new cities opened up, like the city of South Fulton, Sandy Springs, and so on and so on, those cities were offering premium pay to pull officers away from other jurisdictions. College Park lost officers. Then the the Clayton County Sheriff and the Fulton County Sheriff, um, you know, began offering, hey, you know, we can put you immediately on the street. Normally, when you go to a sheriff's office, you start off in the jail. Mm-hmm. And they started telling them, we'll put you immediately in the street. So they started pulling officers from some from various locations going there. I know I know that they have hired a, quite a few officers at the Fulton County Sheriff's Office. The only problem is they didn't touch the jail. Hmm. And the, the it appears that the concern is if we put them in the jail during this emergency period, that they'll quit. Hmm. Well, when the administration becomes uh, becomes uh, is being held hostage by the thought of a uh, employee quitting, then you have surrendered your control of, of your department to the to the workers as mm-hmm. opposed to, to your your leadership. Now, again, that is what we're being told. So I can I cannot verify that that would be a question that, that Sheriff Labot would have to address. But the the greatest issue that you have is no staff. If you don't pay people to go and work in a the jail, they're not going. Um, I've worked in law enforcement, as you indicated, almost 37 years. I've worked in all areas of law enforcement from undercover to uh, um, fugitives to uh, warrants, patrol, answer calls. Um, And I never felt more at risk than working in a jail. So 
the average officer who has done both will tell you that they feel that it is more dangerous working in a jail than it is working on the street. Let me stop and you there. Why? And, and you know, I, I know most people can make an assumption as to why, but why do you say that? Well, first of all, a jail environment has everything from a person who got a traffic ticket and didn't pay or whatever to a person who's charged with murder. Mm -hmm. And when you look at the recidivism, you know, a county jail is supposed to be innocent till proven guilty. Uh, but you have now people sitting in a county jail for years waiting on a murder trial. So the Fulton County Jail has almost become a prison. And when you have um, that many people who can't get through the system, uh, the, the gang um, environment is there. The um, the. Uh, the career uh, or repeat visitor to the jail is there. And mm. those people don't tend to have as much to lose. So they, so they are prepared to take a chance. They're prepared to challenge the system. And as a result, if you, if the officers are not there in full force, mm. you can't control this concerted effort to challenge the system. Well, let, and, let me ask you, let me ask you this and, and, and let me know if you think these numbers are correct. Uh, but I think the, the ACLU did a report uh, was back in 2022, in September, and they said 117 people were in jail waiting uh, because they had not been indicted. You just had people who hadn't been indicted, like 117. And there were people there for the same reason. Twelve of those people some, had been there for two years just waiting. Is, well, I mean, is that part of the problem? That well, I I can say that I, I don't have any knowledge about how long it takes for them to get indicted. Yeah, uh, I do know that under the previous um, DA's office, mm -hmm. a lot of a lot of cases, the indictments move slower. Mm -hmm. uh, so I can only imagine that the current DA is playing catch up if, yeah. if she has not already gotten there uh, yeah. at this point. But. Even with an, with with an indictment or no indictment, m most of the nonviolent crimes have bonds. Mm -hmm. The issue is when you are arresting people who are who don't have the uh, financial wherefore, they don't have the ability to post bonds. So a, a five thousand dollar bond is a no bond to them. Yeah. And and of course, if they have a if they are. Uh, uh, part of the repeat visitors, then the pretrial release doesn't look at them as a, a viable candidate yeah. to, well, to assist. Let me let me ask you about home arrest. Have have uh, what about ankle bracelets? And, you know, if you see people, you know, someone who uh, is in for a lesser crime, something, you know, not a violent crime. Um, do, do, is there ever consideration to actually just put that person on home arrest with, a, with an ankle bracelet? No, no electronic? I know. Yeah, I know at one point they were doing the uh, electronic home arrest and you usually would have a private company that would monitor them uh, sort of like your your ADT at home. Yeah, and they yeah. would they would let us know when they were out and we'd send someone to go and uh, retrieve them. Yeah. The, the difficulty with that is if you're already shorthanded, mm -hmm. who are you sending? Mm. And so all of the things that that are there to try are difficult. So, you know, I, I don't work in the sheriff's office. Yeah. 
Yeah. But in any entity where there's difficulty hiring, there's usually two things at play. Mm-hmm. Uh, one, um, salaries. Um, and two, the treatment of staff. So the law enforcement community is small. And the, the officers, you know, when you go to the police academy, you make friends with officers from different, different jurisdictions and they talk to each other. So mm-hmm. officers in South, at the city of South Fulton police know the plight of the officers at the Fulton County Sheriff's Office and yeah. Clayton County and so on and so on. So the word gets out. And as a result, people won't apply for certain jurisdictions. Um, of course, the news media isn't helping. Who wants to go work at that jail right now? Um, and so I, I think um, I, I know that they recently put uh, Curtis Clark in as the, the chief jailer. Mm-hmm. Curtis, Curtis Clark has been with the sheriff's department for uh, quite a few years. So I do believe that as as far as anybody else in the sheriff's department at this time, that he should be capable of doing the job. Mm-hmm. But I don't care if you put the Michael Jordan of jails in charge of the jail, if he does not have the resources and the staff to to tackle the issues, mm-hmm. those issues won't get taken care of. Mold should not occur. Um, it should not go undetected. Because the sanitation is a major part of it. And that was one of the, the, the areas when I said it's a it's a, um, a mini city. You have a sanitation detail who's responsible for making sure the cleaning supplies are in all of the, the cells. Hmm. The jail staff are responsible for going into the cells doing inspections. So the, the one picture that we saw on the news where that cell looked decayed and everything was just... I, I couldn't understand it because um, that cell should have been shut down, closed out until it could have been uh, any mold mitigated and all uh, infected paint removed and and the whole cell redone. Yeah. But the, the, the most important part, it never should have gotten there. Mm. And that was part of, you know, the jail had been taken over by a federal receiver back Oh God, I can't remember what year it was, uh, 2007, 2008. Wow. But they worked out of it. Um, and that included the staffing levels. Um, is my understanding now that they're using a private security company to man the towers in the jail, which in and of itself, to my understanding of, of uh, Georgia Peace Officer Standards and Training Council rules, is illegal. Mm. You're you're supposed to be jail certified in order to secure uh, inmates. So you have to have that that state certification in order to do that. So when you get to a point where you're having to resort to those measures, theoretically in violation of the law, Mm. then it is clear that your staffing is is crucial. Well, well, let me let me let me say with you, you've been and, and, and let me say this. I'll let you know up front. When the jail initially opened, I was part of the media and I was actually, I was taken on a tour. It was beautiful. I mean, it was amazing how clean, uh, we were, we were amazed how, uh, clean. Well, of course it was a brand new jail. Uh, they had a few, there were a few inmates, uh, but it was, uh, it was really a, uh, a well-built jail. Okay. In your years of employment, have you ever heard what you're hearing now 
Has it ever been to this point at this point? Well, I will say that it was a pretty jail. Well built is questionable. I mean, and, and so when you went the bureaucracy of getting to the point of approving the building of a jail mm-hmm. to when you really break ground. So I approved building a jail at 55 million, but when it was time to break ground, it cost 70 million. So mm. now I'm going to have to cut back. So the jail was initially designed that if, if a dorm flooded, the piping was large enough that the water would just flow right out the side of the building. Mm-hmm. So it would not flood. Well, they reduced the size of the piping, which of course caused backup. So now if a, if a pipe bursts inside one of the dorms, you now have an uh, inch or two layer of water trying to work its way out. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so there were cutbacks in that process. Um, cylinder block does not hold anyone. A hollow cylinder block does not hold uh, anything inside it unless you're constantly watching because mm-hmm. if you've seen some pictures, they've broken holes into the, the, uh, the dorms. Those things happen, but those things happen um, because the inmates are not being uh, monitored. They happen because security rounds are not being properly done. Mm. And, and, I, and I have to go back to say that in order to do a security round, which is supposed to be one an hour, on inmates who are out of their cells. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to be two an hour on inmates that are inside their cells. And that does not include the head count that occurs every at the beginning of each shift. Mm-hmm. And that head count is supposed to occur with the inmates actually standing at the door. Unless they are a violent inmate and have to remain behind the door, they still stand at the window so that you can look at a card with their picture on it and verify that that's your inmate. So it is it's difficult to understand how an inmate could be dead for 24 hours hmm. before being detected in the Fulton County Jail. And, and again, it is easy for leadership to say, oh, it's because of bad actors in the jail. I, 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 am, I have difficulty with accepting that as an answer when the officers in the jail don't have the resources to accomplish what's necessary. One person on a floor with, with 250, 300 inmates is uncalled for. Mm. So when you say you put your life in danger, you're literally walking amongst people who, and I know the public will say, oh, they're innocent to proven guilty. Well, again, who wants to be caged? Yeah. Not even a guilty person wants to be caged. And when it is your job to do that, you're in danger of that one person who said, I've had enough. Mm -hmm. And more officers are attacked inside of jail than they are on the streets. Well, let let me ask you with if let's say, because I I did hear a report as we as we're taping this podcast, that there's an effort to uh, actually house uh, inmates that were intended to be in Fulton County in other areas of the state. They're looking at South Georgia. Uh, they're looking at some of the, what do you call them? Uh, for, for, uh, not pride. Yeah. The private prisons who that will take on inmates, uh, for a hundred dollars a day in South Georgia, 
all the way to which I, I'm shocked that they would even include Mississippi, considering <laughs> the state of so, Mississippi uh, and, and, and some of the atrocities that have happened in the jails. But uh, so a, a private prison company is offering to take on uh, some of the overcrowding, which will lessen apparently some of the overcrowding. Uh, the infrastructure issue or the rebuilding, the budget for that hasn't been uh, put in place yet, I'm assuming at this point. But let's say that happened. <clears throat> let's say the overcrowding is resolved. Let's say the infrastructure is resolved. Does that resolve maybe some of the issues of inmates dying? Will that resolve it? Um, no matter how many inmates are in the jail, you're supposed to have three officers working the floor one officer in the tower and a supervisor going back and forth mm -hmm. until you get there it doesn't matter how many inmates are in that jail you're not going to be able to do the adequate um, security rounds mm -hmm. uh, you're going to have to close sections of the jail so that you can consolidate inmates and consolidate staff when mm -hmm. you start closing sections of the jail you now start mixing minimal, uh, minimal risk with medium risk with high risk inmates. Yeah. So, so there are a lot of things that, that come into play. The greatest issue that you have is that the Fulton County Sheriff's Department has operated and ran the Alpharetta City Jail for years without Alpharetta City paying for it. Mm. So when you have 30 or so inmates up at Alpharetta, I mean, not inmates, uh, deputies or detention officers up at Alpharetta mm -hmm. <clears throat> solely to house Alpharetta inmates. Um, I can't, I, I don't understand the the viability of that. Well, in a roundabout way, you've answered the question for me. <laughs> it's a leadership. This is a leadership issue. Am I, would, would I, am I correct or, or be, am I out of line? I, 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 would, I would definitely say it's a, it's a difference in philosophy with mm -hmm. leadership. Um, okay. And it, it's not just a problem with Sheriff Labatt. The issue has been going on. So it didn't just start. This was a problem with uh, Sheriff Jackson. Uh, mm -hmm. It was a problem with uh, uh, Sheriff Freeman when he was there. Mm -hmm. The the only thing that changed was when Sheriff Barrett left office, uh, the jail was put under federal receivership. But we had to work diligently to come out of the federal receivership. Mm -hmm. And in doing so, um, all of 90 percent of any issue had been mitigated. OK, if you walked in the jail, the jail walls were bright the floors were shiny the smell that everyone keeps complaining about was mostly gone hmm. um and where the failure uh comes in it sometimes comes when you change administrations and the administration bring in their own expert staff who hmm. have no clue about the operation of the the county jail and so they have to catch up Mm. Um, and of course, anytime there's a, a, a power structure change, the morale shifts a little. So yeah. when the morale yeah. shifts, the employees come to work just to work. They don't yeah. come to work to do more. And right now you have the officers on 12 hour shifts. Those officers are on 12 hour mm. shifts and then you're asking them to stay over. Mm. Well, uh, an officer working a 14 hour shift 
it, it explains why you have such a call in rate or call out rate. Yeah. You know, yeah. no human being can continue that. And that's in violation of the Fair Labor Standards Act. Well, let me, uh, my last question on Fulton County, I've got, a, I've got some more questions I want to get to. Um, the DOJ is involved at this point. Um, <laughs> will this help? Not without federal court intervention. Uh, I believe that the jail needs to be taken over by a federal receiver. Uh, I believe that's the only way you're going to get a true representation of what's going on inside the jail. Uh, and that's the only way you're going to be able to force the county commission to do what they have to do financially mm-hmm. to ensure that the jail is back in check. Clearly, uh, we're at three years and there has been a either a failure or inability on the current administration to mitigate whatever the problems are at the jail. And it's clear that, you know, what, 12 uh, deaths in, in that administration, mm-hmm. 10 in the last uh, year. Yeah. Uh, um, th- which that total 12 is probably more than occurred in my 24 years there. Wow. So when you when you get to this point, it is clear that a person charged with a misdemeanor shouldn't get a death sentence. Mm. You know, a person charged with a nonviolent crime should not end up with a death sentence. And mm. this is what it's 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 turning into. And we're getting national attention now about this, of course, because of uh, the former president having been there. Everyone's talking about the deaths in the Fulton County Jail. Yeah, um, yeah. So I, I don't think that the um, the Justice Department alone is going to do it, because right now what you have is you have the scarecrow mentality where they're pointing the finger in each different direction, trying to blame. You have the sheriff on TV referring to bad actors in the department. Whereas I had a conversation with a a member of the command staff from the sheriff's office yesterday, and he indicated that that every leader is saying staffing and they're being told that they don't want to hear that Mm. Um, Mm. and that they can't really push further than that because they operate under the threat process. If you don't do this, your, your job is at risk. So when you're operating under fear, you're going to be quiet and and go along with whatever. Um, I think it's frustrating. You know, I would hate to have a loved one uh, arrested, period, but I definitely would hate to have them in the Fulton County Jail. Yeah, yeah. Moving on, uh, local news. Uh, We, you know, love them or hate them. (laughs) It's part of all our lives. We watch Mm -hmm. the local news. And and in most cities, it, it just seems like crime is out of control. And, you know, my question, coming out of journalism, uh, do you think it's simply if it bleeds, it leads or realistically, you know, from your field in law enforcement, do you see um, that that crime is just more it, it, it is more in your face than it ever has been, considering you're 30 plus years in law enforcement? So so that's a that's a tough question. Yeah. Is it is it sensationalism? Period. Uh, I will say Yes and no. Yes, crime has increased, uh, no doubt. <clears throat> but I, 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 but you can't solely blame it on the to- the lack of efforts from law enforcement mm-hmm. a- alone. I mean, law enforcement has its its res- you know responsibilities uh, or accountability where that is concerned as well. But um, what has occurred is, of course, with the decrease in 
in the ability to get uh, qualified candidates because mm -hmm. every agency right now is struggling. I, I don't, I, we may have one agency and I think that's Sandy Springs that may have a full contingency mm -hmm. um, and everyone else is struggling to get uh, uh, qualified candidates. I have not seen as many outer state candidates coming into uh, agencies until, you know, recent years because we're, where people are finding other interests when they look at the pay, it's like I can I can work at Quick Trip and make that money. Wow! As opposed to putting myself in danger. And and again in the in the black community, the black community has been treated so poorly by the police, um, which is partly the black community's responsibility. And we're you, you know and I, and I don't want to bring up a, a sore thought, but you look at the city of Ferguson. Mm -hmm. And everything that went all along with the Mike Brown situation and this black community had an all white city government, only two black officers on the police force. Mm -hmm. But the population was 73 percent black, Yeah, which was an indication that we didn't take ownership of our community. Mm -hmm. We didn't vote. We didn't show up at the uh, at the city council meetings. We didn't get involved. So when we get involved and take ownership of our city, that includes ownership of your police department. So the chief of police gets selected in all these cities and most citizens don't even uh, voice their opinions about it. Hmm. The sheriff gets reelected over and over and over, regardless of how poorly things are running, because most of us don't really care about a jail. And so with when we have that in the black community, uh, you know, my argument is always we got to vote. We got to show up at the council meetings. We got to call our city council folks. We got to email our city council folks, because until they know that we will vote, you're going to have the problem. So uh, Godby Road, Old National makes up 50, I think about 57 percent of the crime. Wow. But usually only 43 people in that corridor vote. Mm, mm, mm. So when you have disengage, right. From so, the when process, you, yeah. so when you have that, that disengagement, I'm not saying that there's no effort to police, but when you have the ability to put forth some, some teeth to your request for law enforcement, then you can reduce your crime. But yeah. again, law enforcement has failed also because I think law enforcement has failed to do a, a better job at, at bridging the relationship between the community and the police. We've sat back doing all the Black Lives Matter and we'll hold a festival here and a festival there, but we haven't really put boots on the ground in these communities, walking through the communities, meeting and greeting. We, we police by drive-by and not by walk-by. Hmm. And we're going to have to get to a point where we can actually get out of the car and engage yeah, uh, yeah. the citizens. And speaking of that, uh, October is National Crime Prevention Month. And mm -hmm. um, and you and I always talk about that. You reach out to me and uh, offer tips for, for my audience. Um, what tips can you offer this year, you know, taking a look at, at the trends and, and what you're seeing? Anything different for the year? The, the biggest thing is, is stop leaving stuff in your car. You know, you know, can I say this? Can I say this, Officer Ron? When I see the news reports and I hear people say, my wallet, my gun, I'm like, why did you leave 
who would leave their wallet in the car overnight? I but, mean, yeah, and, what? And, and, and as safe <laughs> as you feel your neighborhood is, even in your driveway, don't leave stuff in your car. If you're oh. gonna leave, if you're gonna leave your stuff in your car, <laughs> at least leave the door unlocked so they don't break your window. Oh man, save for the people in the back. <laughs> so I, I mean, it, I, I'm telling you, when and and you know, I'm I'm on the south side, and we've had a rash, as you know, of people. I mean, they caught a guy who was running. Uh, I guess it was this. Uh, what do you call it? either a gang or just a, a, a crime syndicate up to 400 cars oh yeah and my point is like you said exactly the 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 uh, whatever the the objects that were valuable were on the seats they could look in the car it amazes me i would I, it, it just amazes me but that's one tip i mean yeah. and, and 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 i'm gonna give it to you man because I can't believe when I see these news reports and people. I, well, I, I, my, my purse, my, uh, my wallet. I'm like what? But go ahead. What's what's another and, tip? And, and and normally, you know, I don't. In what I do, I I, I no longer really take reports. Mm-hmm. But I stopped in a convenience store and I took this lady's report so that a car didn't have to come out of service to do it. Yeah, because she walked into the store with her when she pulled at a at a gas pump, walked in the store with her windows down, but her purse on the seat and came back and her wallet was gone. And, you know, it happens all the time. Yeah. And it's it's and what's even worse than that, people will pull up and pull to the gas pump and leave the car running and mm-hmm. get out of the car to pump gas. Yeah. And while their back is turning, somebody hops in the car and drive off. Yeah. It's yeah. when you get out, turn it doesn't take much, turn the car off, pull your key out, put the key in your pocket, mm-hmm. pump your gas, and then get back in. Yeah. You know, uh, and I and I know you want want the car to stay cool. Winter is gonna come, you want it to stay warm, but it's it's so much warmer being inside the car than watching your car drive down the road without you. So true, so true. What's another tip? Another tip you can give people? Be mindful of where you are. Um, Put that cell phone down. So many people are mugged or robbed or even walk in front of a train. You know, there's a video that we have of a person walking, you know, there's a train that goes down College Park right down the center. And you can watch a person come out of a store looking at their phone and they walk right in front of a train. Wow. Um, you know, it, you're, we're putting our lives in danger with a cell phone, uh, driving. Well, you know, we used to joke about the women driving, putting on their makeup, driving, putting on a cell phone is one of the, the, the number one things that's, that's causing accidents right now. Hmm. It's, I, th- I think driving using a cell phone is worse than, we're having more accidents from that than DUI because mm-hmm. your eyes, you can't watch and focus two different things. And while you're driving, things are happening in fast motion. And if you take a second to look at your phone, it only takes a second for traffic to stop. And yeah, then it's yeah. going to take you a couple of seconds to react. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are the things that, that are, that are important to take care of. And, 
and going to the ATM uh, at nighttime or in areas that are secluded. You know, put the, don't use the ATMs in secluded areas. Put them out of business um, because it's not safe. And that's even if you have someone with you. Um, people who want to commit a crime don't care how many people that they injure in order to uh, accomplish that. Yeah, yeah. So. Good points, good points. Last thing uh, I want to mention, um, and, and just, just a brief thought on this. Uh, I don't, I don't want to, this could be a, an entire podcast. Uh, any, any quick thoughts, and, and, and quick, may not, you may not even be able to do it around Cop City, this Cop City controversy. Um, just uh, your, your thoughts. I know you've thought so, about it. Well, well <laughs> let me say this. Yeah. I am I am not understanding the grievances of Cop City. Okay. Um, if the grievances are noise, I can relate to that. Then the question should be, can they do an indoor range as opposed to an outdoor range? Because if you're anywhere near the federal pen, when those folks over there are training, you can hear the gunshots and you're you're wondering, man, is that the folks in the uh, in the hood or is it the um, the feds the fed. practicing? Yeah. Um, so if, if that's the issue, then I'm okay with that. But if you have an issue with police officers training, I'm at a loss because I don't want a police officer who's not trained on the street. I don't want a police officer who's not prepared on the street. I don't want one coming to my aid who has not been trained or is prepared to render the aid that I need Hmm. on the street. Um, There's going to be a police academy somewhere and having a police academy, if you are a taxpayer, um, you pay to send them somewhere else. Yeah. The cost is reduced when you're able to train in house. Yeah. So when you send them to another academy, there are costs that go along with that. And and so, I, I again, I don't know what efforts the city of Atlanta has done to to communicate with the community there. And again, I don't know the grievances, why that community is is against the uh, academy being there. Yeah. Um, but I would much rather there be a police academy than a trucking company. OK, gotcha. Final thoughts. Uh, to leave us with, leave us with something, Officer Ronnie. What do you have? Take ownership of of your city. Uh, get involved. Take ownership of your police. Take ownership of your sheriff. Because at the end of the day, law enforcement works for the citizens. Citizens don't work for law enforcement. And as as aggravating as it is to us to have someone say, "Hey, I pay your salary," if you pay taxes, you do. And you have a right to hold police accountable um, under the 14th, uh, under the 21st century policing, which was enacted under the Obama administration. Transparency is is required by law enforcement. We are supposed to be transparent in what we do. The citizens have a right to know. You know, I'm not talking about uh, an investigation under. But the behavior and uh, 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 the behavior of their police force, they have a right to, to be included on what's going on. 
they have a right to be included on where the money is being spent. So when you, you know, of course, I, I, I can't get into the defund the police issue. Don't want to mm. do that. But we should know where the monies are being spent uh, and what's the purpose of spending the money on whatever that item is that we're we're seeking. So I challenge every citizen to be more involved in in their city government, their county government, their state government. And more importantly, don't waste the, uh, the, the your right to vote. Mm-hmm. Do yeah. not waste your right to have a decision. The mayor is there because you get to choose them by a majority of a vote, not by uh, gerrymandered districts, by a majority count. The sheriff, by majority count. The judges on the superior court and state court, by majority count. If you, the local elections is where there is no doubt that your vote counts. Yeah, very good, very good. Y'all give it up for the one and only, man. <laughs> Officer Ronnie. Yeah, Ronnie Wyatt, thank you so much for stopping by. Is is uh, is there a way for people to contact you, or or do you want them to? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> well, let me let me give my email. It is it is R Wyatt. That's R W Y A T T at collegeparkga.com. Gotcha. And I'll make sure that's on our podcast notes as well. Officer Ron, thank you so much for coming by, man. We appreciate you. Uh, thank you for the comments, and, and we got to have you back. There's always, you know, there's there's so much going on. Uh, right. That uh, you know, at least I can reach out to you and get some get some comments, get some feedback on some of the things that we discuss on this show. But again, uh, go to castropolis.net. No, go ahead, go ahead. I'm so, I'm sorry. And what was that that you called the jail? <laughs> <laughs> no, man, you you put me on the spot. <laughs> but you know what? Hey, Shawshank, come on. It was a brutal. It was a brutal place. So come on, man. Just because okay. I use Shawshank. But you know, hey. I that's another show, another podcast. Okay. All right. <laughs> but hey, go to castropolis.net and you can respond to my Shawshank comment. Uh, castropolis.net, the people poll is there. And definitely, um, this has been bonus episode number 192. And, and again, Ron Wyatt, thank you so much, man. I appreciate your time. Thank uh, you. Thank you, sir. And uh, appreciate y'all. Thank you for coming back. Thanks for listening. And don't forget, episode the full episode 192 is still here. Still available online on demand and coming up this weekend, Sunday at 6, episode 193 is available at 6 p.m. Again, thank you so much, Ron Wyatt. Uh, Thank you so much, podcast audience. Peace and power to the people. Y'all have a great rest of your week. Thank you. You've been listening to the G Podcast with your host, Tommy B. The G Podcast is a production of the Castropolis Podcast Network. Thanks for listening.